Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Showed in. Because we're about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. Hey y'all, it's Thirsty Thursday. Oh hey! So glad to be back. We've missed you so much. We get so excited for Thursdays, and I hope that you do too. If you're watching us on YouTube, check out what we're drinking out of. It is our official signature. Are they signature? Oh yeah. Bloody happy hour mug. And stemless glass. And of course, the back of it says always BDTF. Yeah, so whoever it was that wrote that beautiful review, that glowing review. (laughs) We appreciate the review. Oh, yeah. I posted it. However, DTF. We we just need to tell you what DTF means. Because I don't think you know. Just in case, it means always be down to find find the murderer down to investigate yeah i mean and then after a couple drinks you can be the other dtf you know it's whatever it's kind of a double entendre play on words oh is that right but that was a song i mean it might be entendre i don't know what you're listening to but (laughs) but yeah so we've got some of those reviews um and i hope y'all liked our quickie Yes. We're so gonna, Caroline's going to keep you in the news. Yeah, I'm going to keep you all in the news. So if you haven't checked our Instagram or Facebook story, you need to just keep looking at it because I'm trying to just continue to post updates about anything, any cases that are happening. She's and got it. She's I mean, got it, Dan. I kind of I'm kind of doing really good at it. <laughs> She's a pro. I am a pro. Oh, by the way, I know this is old news by now, but they still haven't had her funeral yet because you got to wait 10 days. But the queen. Oh, yes. The queen has died. Uh, what do you mean still haven't had the funeral? They just said it today. Well, they have to wait 10 days. Oh, you're saying by the time they hear this. Yeah. I got it. I got so, it. I got yeah. it. Yeah. But I just want to tell y'all, you know, she's already been dead for about one to two years. <laughs> if you didn't know that, welcome to Conspiracy Theory Corner. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm here for all of it. Wow. She, or, or she kept trying to get out of her skin suit. You know, David Icke is going to be out there probably writing a whole nother book. I remember him. He Reptilians, me. skin suits. I remember. He said all the royals are, that's probably why Meghan Markle doesn't get along with him because she's not she's a reptilian not. and she doesn't wear a skin suit. And they are like. There is some Netflix. Have you seen, there's a, 
advertising of some movie coming out, and it's basically a king or a prince that's marrying a, she looks like Meghan Markle, and then they sit at the dinner table, and they're all, they like butcher and eat people. They're like cannibals, and Megan, she's, they got Megan, they got her trapped. So I, I thought it was going to be a movie about Megan and the prince, but it went to a whole nother conspiracy theory, <gasps> reptilians, cannibalism, oh. entrapment level. But I, I didn't watch we it. To I do just conspiracy saw the month. Conspiracy month. <laughs> I'm already a little paranoid. My my my. Um, let's read these two reviews. Okay. And then we're gonna hop right into it. We're going to in honor of NFL football. <gasps> First of Starting. all, I need you to tell everybody what's the update with the liquor store lady. <gasps> I went. Cheryl is very concerned. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. So I went today. I was like, people have been asking me about this liquor store you lady. And I feel horrible that story. I didn't follow up. Oh, my God. So I pull up to the drive through and the window opens up and it's a different lady. <gasps> I was like, oh, my God. I, I said, where's the other lady that's always here? <laughs> what did they say? <laughs> what did they say? I was in the like, hospital. I was like, where is she? And she goes, oh, so-and-so. I already forgot the name. She's over there. She was just <gasps> sitting at the table and a chair, but she was taking a load off because she hadn't been feeling good. <gasps> and I was like, hey, did the popos come by here a couple weeks ago? No, and the lady was like, I've been waiting to see you. Thank you for that. I'm fine. I think I was just stressed and I was doing too much. So he came in and she had called the lady that was there to come and take her spot because she had to go home and I was like well I didn't know if you were like about to pass out or if that other guy in there was holding you hostage <laughs> so she was thinking of me <laughs> oh so wow. she's alive she's well she wasn't feeling good I don't know what's wrong with her maybe she went to doctor I don't know but she really needed that I sounds guess. like I guess Wow. Wow. That's so not you know, as juicy as I mean, that's pretty good. That's a it's a good ending. <laughs> and she wasn't like, You bitch, why'd you call the cops on me? I'm over here doing a drug deal and sh you know, like I know, I know. So you did a good job. Okay. What review do you want to oh, read? Oh, I'll read the first one. DTF. Okay. Hey, I just found your podcast. I love it. Except for one thing. It drives me crazy and Makes y'all sound like amateurs. Ease up on the DTF. It's not classy and it's rude. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what... My goal in life is to not be classy. I mean, I'm trying to keep it classy, but... <laughs> I. This is why we had to remind her that it means down to fine. Yeah. So, um, people who tune in to like one episode or two episodes, they might not know that. So maybe it's just a reminder that we say... DTF down to find. I don't know. Or maybe they should just keep listening and they'll get a clue. Exactly. Thank you for that, JKMKKM. Oh, I know who that is. So this one is titled My Fave. It has five stars and it's from MK Amy. As a fan of true crime, I love that y'all give all of the backstory of each case. You make me laugh out loud, and it's my favorite thing to do to listen to when I'm traveling. 
Y'all have amazing chemistry. So proud of your awesome podcast and great success. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Thank Yay. you, MK, Amy. All right, we need some more to read. So keep sending them. Yeah, I know a couple people. Uh, actually, somebody messaged me the other day trying to, they wrote one. It hasn't come through yet, but it some people are bit. like, I just don't know what to write. Write anything. Right, just put a thumb. Do you know the DTF person? No, I was oh. I was lying. Oh, okay. I was I was joking. Okay, I don't either. Nobody right. got my joke, so. So, can we go to NFL? Uh, you know today's the first day. Is that why you got on an NFL shirt? Yes, I don't even know where I got the shirt. What's the C? Chicago. Yeah, I don't even know literally Bears. where I had a I had a bull a Bills sh- uh, shirt, but I don't know where that went. You and have I found all the wrong shirts. I know. Somebody please get me a NFL shirt that's good. I mean, this one is a C for Caroline. Oh, okay. So that's why I, I is acceptable. Got but it. it is for the Bears. I don't even know who's on the Bears. But anyway, NFL is started. I'm so pumped. Tonight's first night. Yes. Okay, so we're recording on the first night of the first game. Yes. And it's the Bills. Well, we're not talking about the Bills today. I know. Okay. Who are we talking about? I'm ready to go to the NFL. Let's talk about the murder of Steve the Air McNair. I don't even know about it. Good. I mean, I think I looked it up once, but... When I went there? So we're going to... (gasps) Dang it. I have one side note. What? Okay. Keep going. Never mind. (laughs) Squirrel. Okay. Okay. So, Stephen McNair was actually born Stephen Luttrell McNair. He was from a small town in Mississippi called Mount Olive. He had a bunch of brothers, like four of them, and he had a single mom. They lived in a little bitty, like, house with a tin roof, so really poor. Um, he played all the sports in high school, won a championship in high school, and was named All-American. He was a playboy, even back in high school, and that's going to play into the story what a for today. So he had a girlfriend named Cotina Fazel, who actually actually has his first kid by in mm-hmm. high school, and that is Stephen McNair Jr. But Cotina later says that she just knew like they were never exclusive. He she was like the main girlfriend, but he already ha- always had his side pieces. Kind of like OJ's first <clears throat> wife, and they had their kids. Yeah, and she basically was like, "I know what you're about, but I'm gonna let it go." Yeah, until- I guess you're you're worth it right now. So he just loved women, and he just couldn't limit himself to just oh, one. No. Uh, after high school, he received a lot of scholarship offers from big power five schools like Florida University, Ohio State, Ole Miss, but they wanted him to play like DB or safety, but he was a quarterback. Oh. And he wanted to play quarterback and he wasn't going to go to a school to play a position that he didn't want to play. And back then, well, and kind of still now, it just wasn't very common for these big schools to have black quarterbacks. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It was just a... Um, a Typical tall or a tall, slender white guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of the coaches think that the black athletes aren't smart enough to be a quarterback. Oh. Like, it takes quick thinking. I mean, Vince Young wasn't... 
Was he that smart? I don't know. I don't. He's either. a great quarterback, though, wasn't he? Yeah. So just to remember like the plays and everything. Yeah. Like I don't know. I've never and been being a quarterback. quick on your feet and like so they they'd rather put the the black athletes in probably every other position basically. Oh, so the black athletes can't be smart. That was the. That was the. Yeah. Okay. The that was the reason. The other reason is black athletes take up every position on the field in the NFL just about except for the O-line and the quarterback. So a lot of the coaches are like, well, let me just at least have some white kids on the team and and the kicker maybe. Oh, the kicker's definitely always white. (laughs) So (laughs) he was like, I'm not going to play this game. I want to be a quarterback and I want to be one of the best quarterbacks ever. Instead of going to one of these Power 5 schools, he goes to – Alcorn State University, which is this small D1, but it's a double A, and it's an HBCU in Mississippi. As they wanted him to play quarterback. He was going to stay in Mississippi, and he got there and he killed it. They He got the Walter Payton Award. He was a Heisman Trophy candidate during his college years, and his stats were off the chart. I'm not going to go into the stats because this isn't a sports podcast, and I really don't know what it means. What it means, yeah, but he killed it. Um, and then he had another kid, broke up with Katina, got another girl. Her name was Sheila, and her last name was already McNair. Real weird. And they're from Mississippi. Um, And so they had another kid named Stephen O'Brien McNair. So he has two kids, both Stephen. Why would you do that? Ask George Foreman. He did the same thing. He had like seven boys, and they're all George. Are you (laughs) kidding? How can you just pick one kid to be the junior and not the other? This is how Dirty Chad, Steve Junior Junior, confused me and tricked me out of a lot of stuff because he is the same name as one of his relatives. Oh yeah, and he tricked me on a bunch of stuff because it was really his relative. So you think nobody should ever be named after? No, you don't need to be a junior (laughs) and have the exact same name. It's too confusing. It's too confusing. Well, he's got two. Okay. In 1995, so he's graduated high school, he was the third overall draft pick, and he was drafted by the Houston Oilers. Remember them? Yes. Head coach was Jeff Fisher, and he got a seven-year deal and was the highest drafted black quarterback in NFL history at that time. Speaking of these um, sports stories... You know, Manti Teo, right? Yeah. He was on that Untold series. Uh-huh. We talked about it last week. Right. Well, I did hear a rumor that they're going to do an Untold series over Johnny Manziel. Mmm. They should. I did watch the Bruce Jenner one, too. You mean Caitlyn? Caitlyn Jenner one. Excuse yeah. me? Yeah. Um. Okay, so now he's in the, at the with the Houston Oilers. He's in the NFL. And he told his, um, was his good friend, but later becomes his agent, that the first check that he gets, he's going to build his mom a house. That's what they always do. Yeah. And he didn't care what kind of house she wanted. He was going to build her the house of her dreams. I need an athlete. So they, he bought her 600 acres and built her a big, amazing house in Mississippi and when it was like a surprise. And so when he showed her the house, she cried because 
she used to pick cotton on that land. They grew up real poor. Her family was like sharecroppers. Oh my god! So she picked cotton on the land, and now they owned it. So that you know, was my a big memory. Did he always picked cotton too? Yeah. Yeah. It was com- she got really after good slavery. I think everybody did. If you're yeah, poor, yeah, because I mean, they had there's a bunch of kids, and they're like, get out there and pick this cotton because mm-hmm. they lived on a farm, make us some money. Yeah. <clears throat> so Steve's mom was his world, and probably the only woman he was ever loyal to. Ever was so, her name also Steve? Her name was Lucille. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just checking. In 1997, he met Michelle, and she became his wife, and they had two more boys named oh. Trenton uh, uh. and Tyler. So Michelle okay. was like, uh-uh, She's we're like, not no, doing we're not doing, doing Steve. She agrees with you. We're not doing two more Steves what? or Steven or Stefan. <laughs> no, no play on Steve. Jeez. Nothing with an S. Good. They went for the T's. I'm okay with it. So we got Trenton and Tyler. Okay, so he has four kids. Four total. And now it's 1999, and the Houston Oilers are no longer. And they become the Tennessee Titans. Texas. Titans. Tennessee Titans. The Houston Oilers changed to Tennessee? Yes. Oh. Well, they, what? So Did you they learn moved? something? Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Ever, they moved to I just to assumed Nashville. they would have been. That came Houston. way later. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Houston was like, we used to have a team. We don't have one anymore. Let's yeah. make up a team. <sighs> I actually was a I big love fan. The Titans. I don't watch the NFL now, but I used to watch it in the 90s and the 2000s. So this brought up a lot of memories for me. I like Ryan Tannehill and I like their colors. That's why oh. I like the team. Tennyson. Tennessee. Yep. Okay. So they, his first year, they went to the Super Bowl. And this wow. is a Super Bowl game that will always go down in history and be remembered. They played against the Rams, against Kurt Warner. I think it was Kurt Warner's first Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. There's some pod, there's some documentary out about Kurt Warner right now and his story. Oh. Um, but they lost by like one-tenth of a yard or something like that. Oh, no. Yes. <clears throat> but after that, because they had such a great Kurt season— Warner. They signed him to a new six-year contract for $47 million. Not too bad. Not, Not too, too shabby, shabby at all. He played, killed it for the Titans, played for the Titans until 2005. And after an injury and just some drama, he played for the Baltimore Ravens mm-hmm. and was there for a couple seasons. Yeah. Did really good there. Took him to some playoff runs. Um, and then in April of 2008, after 13 seasons of the NFL, he retired. And a lot of CTE. Wait, he was quarterback his was whole court- time. This whole time. He, um, so he shouldn't have like broke records. He still has records that are set. He broke Warren Moon. Do you know that name? No, nope, never heard records. of it. I've actually never heard of <clears throat> So he spent his time between, so now he's retired mm-hmm. and he's got a house in Mississippi and he, sorry, he's got a house in Nashville where he lives because he retires to Nashville. Uh-huh. And he spent his time at the ranch in Mississippi that he bought for his mom because he had like cattle and a tank where he'd go fishing. Yeah. And he loved living that farmer life down there. <clears throat> he also opened up a restaurant called the Gridiron Nine in Nashville. Oh, cool. And he... Um, was going to try this out, and he was going to open up a chain if it was successful. Mm-hmm. So he was just really trying to find his life after football. His whole life has been football. 
and you're in Nashville. And let me tell you, remember when I got back, I was like, Nashville, Las Vegas don't have anything on Nashville. Uh-huh. Bourbon Street don't have anything on Nashville. So when you're in Nashville, you have lots of fun. And that's yeah. what he was doing. He was drinking. He was partying. And he just didn't have to be as disciplined anymore because he didn't have to get up and go to practice and yeah. workouts. And so he's living his best life. Yeah, he is. Free, drinking. But isn't he married A ton right of now? money. He's still married. Um, but he was, I mean, he's NFL. It's like, why are you even shocked? Why are we even, like, shocked that he has an affair? So he finds a girl. Oh, yeah. At, um, but why do they always keep getting married? It's just security. Um, well, I mean, it's just what you do. I'm available <laughs> for will, either one, the, the listen, wife or the side piece. I'm trying to get some security, <laughs> some paychecks. I don't know. She's available. Either one. She'll, she'll fill any of those. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's known now that Steve McNair was unfaithful to his wife, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Um, and towards the end, we know that he was asking her for a divorce, but she would not give him one. Um, okay, why? I don't know why. He gets a condo in downtown Nashville. Him and a friend named Wade. Mm-hmm. Even though he's still married. Even though he's married, he gets like, this is his stabbing cabin, basically. Oh, yeah. So it's like where NFL players, yeah, all of them, the people had keys and they would just take their women. No drugs. There was nothing Mm. about drugs in there, but there was women and there was alcohol. Um, And I was really surprised that nothing about like, nothing about weed, like he didn't get high and smoke weed and do anything. And it was like. He fell into every NFL athlete stereotype, stereotype, but that one. Um, Michelle moved his mom, her mom, in, and he wanted his privacy, so he said that's why he got his condo. But really, he got it for side pieces. Yeah, Um, it was in his friend's name, but he made the payments on it, and it's downtown Nashville. And when I went to Nashville, that's where I went. That's going to be the scene of the crime. Um. He would frequent Dave and Buster's a lot. I guess it was new back then. Oh, yeah. And there's where he met a girl named Sahel Jenny Kazimi. Okay. You're obviously a stripper. And Iranian. Iranian stripper. (laughs) Excuse me. She's a waitress at Dave and Buster's. She was young. She was beautiful. She was petite. Okay, so Steve would frequent Dave and Buster's. That's where he met the girl. He was 36 years old, and she was 20 years old. Oh, gosh. And so they started off as a fling, right? But then it got a little bit more serious. He started taking her in public, um, and they started going on vacations. He wined her and dined her. And according to um, her family, they were talking about living together soon. On her birthday, he surprised her with a Cadillac Escalade. And he gave her money, just like thousands of dollars, like when she needed it to help her, like, pay the bills. gosh. Living her best life. Uh, And she's 20. Like, how do you, she's uh, loving it. 
They went on vacation at Key West, and TMZ got a hold of some pictures, and these pictures, of course, went viral. Um, and I mean, obviously tipped off. You obviously always tip off the paparazzi. I guess so. I've come to learn this. But he, the, his friend said that he wasn't hiding this anymore. He was going in public. He was going around. That's his why he tipped off the paparazzi family because he wanted his wife to see. So his wife was giving a divorce. Yeah, she still didn't. Nope. So Jenny's like NFL life was great for a while. They it was probably like a six month type thing. Yeah. Um, but things started to go downhill pretty quickly. So her roommate, she had a roommate, her roommate moved out and Jenny was now responsible for her full rent, which was a thousand dollars. And that's a lot of money. Now is a lot of money back then yeah. too. Um, Steven McNair actually did not buy her a car. He just paid for the down payment. It turns out she's got to pay for the payment, which is like an $800 payment. Bitch works at, Dave, Dave and Buster's. Dave and Buster's. So maybe it wasn't a gift. Um, she just felt like she was in a bad, bad spot because because he broke up broke. with her. They weren't broke up. He he just stopped giving her money. He was still kind of giving her money here and there, but she was realizing that she was living beyond her means. And then she was realizing, and people, her friends were like, "You need to quit," because she was going to work less. Because he was paying her, and their friends were like, "This may not last forever. You need to be going to work. You need to live a life that you can pay for if he goes away, right?" They're speaking the truth to her. Yeah. Well, and then she sees another girl leaving Steve's condo one day. Another one. Yes. This girl's name is Leah. Um, she followed Leah around town a couple times just to see who she was, but she never confronted her. Another time she went to Steve's condo and she found a used tampon and a used condom in the trash can. Well, that's an interesting combination. <laughs> you pull Don't you one flush? out. Don't you flush a tampon? I guess so. Maybe not. So this, the girl who left it, whoever left it was being shady. Oh. Oh. Yes. Oh, wow. So she ends up telling her friends that um, she knows Steve is cheating. Well, you know, at least use a condom. (laughs) That's what I was like. Hey. But I mean, he already has four kids. I guess he doesn't want any more. Right. I don't know. But if I was that girl, the 20 year old, I would have been like doing the whole Drake thing. What is that? You know, poke a hole in it and then put it. Take it off the trash can or something. I don't know what they did. Poked a <laughs> hole in it before they was open or Just took it off the trash can. Just when you almost get a date, you ruin it. <laughs> I wouldn't really do that, but it's so funny that people actually do that. I know. Poke a hole in it or take it off the trash can. And then what do you take out the trash can and like slurp it up in there? What? You just rub it around? Hey, I don't know. Ask. Tristan Thompson's baby mama. It's probably. (laughs) (laughs) So Jenny's like, he's cheating and I'm probably going to end it. Those were her words. Now it's July 2nd, still 2009. He's only been retired for maybe a year, a little over a year. And they were driving down Broadway street and her escalade Broadway streets like bourbon street. Mm Mm-hmm. And Steve was in the passenger seat. She was driving. 
she got pulled over for drunk driving and he was able to like sneak out because he wasn't drinking he got it somebody came and picked him up and he left because he didn't want that he had already gotten in trouble left her yes (laughs) and um he had already gotten like in trouble, like for t- uh, DWI before, DUI before, but he wasn't driving. He was a passenger, but some kind of Tennessee law. So he was like, I don't need this in my life again. So she went to jail. <gasps> and the police later say that, like, this was her bottom. It's like going to jail for that DWI. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Steve went and bailed her out when she was able to get out. Class act. And instead of going back to his condo with her. Oh, no. Oh, Stevie boy. Goes to the new piece and kind of drops her off and goes to the new side piece's house. Goes to Leah's house. And he spends the night with (gasps) her that night. Oh, no. I know. So... The police are saying that, like, she's pissed. She's pissed. Her her man's about to go to another woman, so that also means her money is about to go for another woman, and maybe she's getting a little desperate. Maybe she should be like, can we have a threesome? <laughs> she should have been the and other And is he DPF. still married, by the way? He's he is still, still married. married to Michelle. Michelle, Michelle is still just like, with all the kids. I'm getting a check. <laughs> or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause she's wow. like, as long as you don't mess with my money. Mm-hmm. So now, later it's July third. So we were at July second. It's just the next day. Jenny decides to go to work. He's she's finally going back. Oh, to she's David finally going to David Buster's. They're like, okay, bitch, come back. And the boss said that she took an extra long lunch that day, and that she wasn't her usual upbeat self. Oh well, at least she didn't get fired after getting a DUI yeah. or going to jail. Um, but. It's Dave and Buster's. I mean, you <laughs> do <know>. they even care? <laughs> so she left work that night at 10.07 p.m. And she was never seen after that. Oh. On July 3rd, when Jenny was at work, um, Steve leaves Leah's apartment early that morning, and he's going to his restaurant to open it up and get ready for the day. Mm-hmm. He'll he spent a lot of time of his at his restaurant. So this is what we know. July 3rd, Jenny gets off at 10.07, and at 10.23, she texted Steve. She said, do you want to get out and drink? Steve's response was at 10.35, and he said, probably not, baby. Having trouble getting the kids to sleep. 10.35. At 10.45, she responds, K, but I'm going to the condo in a minute. Steve, at 10.59, K. That's it. Don't that, don't no. that piss you off K the most? K is the worst. That's the worst. That probably was the boiling point right there. Mm. And Jenny, later on, Jenny says, it's open. So I guess she's in the condo and the door's open, which it's his. Why are you leaving his door unlocked for him? Yeah. This would be the last message that Steve McNair would ever receive because according to the police report, Jenny shot Steve in his left temple while he was sleeping on the couch, passed out on the couch, and two more times in the chest before she turned the gun 
onto herself. She positioned herself on the couch so that she would fall in his lap. So this is July 3rd. This is like the morning of July 3rd going into July 4th. Oh, happy Independence Day. Happy Independence Day. On July 4th at 1 o'clock, Wayne Neely arrived at the condo, which this is the guy who shares the condo with Steve. He says he went there because he saw Steve's vehicle there and he had been trying to call Steve because he wanted to talk to Steve about coming to a Little League game for some little local kids, a little Little League football game. So he said when he got there that he saw Steve on the couch and um, Jenny, who's actually on the floor now, she thought that he thought that they were passed out, sleep at one o'clock in the afternoon on 4th of July. Which maybe this is a party house. Maybe that's how yeah. it's been. I don't know. So he just stepped over them and went to the fridge and opened up a beer. Stepped over them. <laughs> Walked past them. I just added my Okay. Own. That's how I pictured it. And he got a beer and he drank a beer and he said, <laughs> well, as he's going to the kitchen, he's drinking a beer. So he looked in the wall and he saw two bullet shots, like bullet holes in the wall casings. Then when he looked back... He saw that they were dead. Oh, and I, okay. And this was around ten that they were sh- that she shot. She ten p.m. Um, the police will later say it was two a.m. Okay, but so then they've been dead for hours, hours, it's and one there's no the smell. Next day, I don't know how quickly it goes. I don't know. Well, sketch to me. Yeah. <clears throat> But, you know, when he notices they're dead, he does not call the police. He calls Steve's good friend, Robert Gaddy. And he, when he calls, he calls from inside his car. So he leaves out of the house. He goes in his car. And he calls Gaddy. He tells Gaddy what's wrong. Is he acting so suspicious? Gaddy comes and he finally calls 911. But this is 45 minutes later. From the time that Wade, Wade, Wayne, there had to be drugs to the in house, there then. That's why they ha- had to wait and clean out the drugs. Gets to the house and he calls, he sees them, he calls Gaddy. Gaddy doesn't call until closer to two o'clock. Uh-uh. So you guys can go and listen to the to the 911 call. It's real sketchy. When he does call, he does not even say who it is. He just says a man has been shot. And he acts like he don't know where he is. I don't know the address. Oh, let me look. He just doesn't say anything. And it sounds like he is scared to answer their questions, like he's getting approval from somebody else. It's real weird. Go and listen to it. It's kind of long, so I didn't want to play it. But over the next four days, police did a little bit of investigation. Okay. And after their investigation, they ruled it a murder-suicide Right. I mean, yeah, it's it matched up to what the scene looks like. Mm-hmm. She had GSR on her um, left hand. He was a womanizer. It was very it was very public that he has an affair and that that was his side piece. She was wearing a lingerie like pink lingerie. Um, and it looked like she was trying to set it up like poetic like. Mm, OK. And. And then 
she has a reason to be a scorned, jealous side piece because he had another side piece. Yeah. And the other part is she's Iranian, right? And then here goes the stereotype for jealousy and possessiveness. If I can't have you, nobody can have you. And then they found out that her father killed her mother in front of her and an apparent murder-suicide when she was little in Iran. What? So they were like, case closed, murder-suicide. Okay, but who had the gun? Sorry about your bad luck. Let's take a break. We'll figure that out when we get back. Okay, bye. And now a word from our sponsors. Hi, this is Sarah. And I'm Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music, and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine Wine and vinyl. vinyl. (laughs) So check us out on roguemedianetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. I'm Zach. And I'm Mike. And we have a fantastic new podcast to tell you about. Bros, Foes, and Heroes. It's the two of us looking into the world of comics, breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of, and some that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so Zach comes up with a character each time, and uh, I go into it just completely blind. I don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything, and and basically I guess we kind of go over their origin story. And just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe, especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden yeah. Age stuff is always the best. And we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of everything. Yeah, that's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow us on Instagram at Bros Bros Heroes. And if you don't, I know where you live. Not really, but please subscribe. <laughs> bros and Bros and Heroes. Gonna tell you about frozen, frozen heroes. Gonna tell you about. Welcome to One Star Rewind a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners 
who will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story. Okay, so case was closed. It was ruled a murder-suicide. But there's one investigator named Vincent Cook that he just wasn't convinced. As soon as he found out that Steve McNair only had $7 left in his wallet, his jewelry was missing, and the safe was missing, he knew that there was something sketchy. Yeah. His safe that Steve kept there after he interviewed, like, friends and family. And the safe contained large amounts of money, and he just kept it there in the event he needed it. But the fact that he has $6 on him, he always had bands. Oh, yeah. If he had less than $3,000, he thought he was broke. And then he wouldn't keep small bills. So they said that, like, They'd go to the store and he'd give whoever a hundred dollar bill to go in and get something to drink and come back out and they'd give him his change and he would be like, I don't deal with that change. Keep that change. I don't deal with little bills. I knew that life. So that was um a red flag for Mr. Vincent Cook. Now it also came back. After his, um, when, after the investigation was done at the apartment, that he had a blood alcohol level double the legal limits. Mm-hmm. Remember, he told Jenny that he was putting the kids to bed, so that's why he couldn't go out for a drink. Mm-hmm. Turns out he was already out. Clearly. But we don't know who he was out with, mm. but he was clearly drinking with somebody. We don't know who. They still don't know who. His high school girlfriend, Cotel Fazel, who was the baby mama, she was like, I I don't believe that Jenny, five foot five, 110 pounds, could overpower um, Steve. And these are like professional shots. Does she even know how to shoot a gun? So according to her family, she doesn't even like to cut things and won't even handle a gun. So it seemed very skeptical to a lot of the family is that she even had a gun. So then they were like, well, where did this gun come yeah. from? We're going to go there. <gasps> um, And so then they were like, I don't believe that Jenny did it. I think we need to reopen the case. And then people were like, why did Wayne Neely and Robert Gaddy, the two first Uh people on the scene, why would they wait 45 minutes before calling 911? Good question. And why isn't the Nashville PD not concerned about the missing money, jewelry, and safe? Like, why are they just dismissing that part of 
the murder are these, suicide. Are, are these other guys currently football players, or they're also retired, or they're? Um, Robert Gaddy played arena ball. Okay. Um, and Way Neely was just a friend. I don't know that he was a football player. Groupie. Okay. Yeah. Um. Hmm. So they were just like, "There's too many questions. Why is the case closed?" So Vincent Cook, who did not believe Jenny did it, the investigator, mm-hmm. he became so obsessed that he actually quit the force because he only wanted to work on this case, and he dove into this case, yeah, um, full time, and that was his lifelong mission. In the meantime, the funeral's got to happen, right? Because he's passed away, yeah. and he is a big person in Tennessee. And um, they have it in Mississippi, and people like Jeff Fisher, who was his head coach, Eddie George, who was his running back, Ray Lewis, Vince Young, Brett Favre, um, they all got up and they spoke about how much they respected him and um, how much he gave to the community. He had all these outreaches and just how genuine he was. Because, especially because the thing that's in the news right now is all his side pieces. Mm-hmm. So people, he, people will judge him just based on that, you know. So they got up there and they talked about him. Um, but some things came up after the funeral that might raise an eyebrow or a reasonable doubt. So let's kind of go through like certain scenarios that his family and this investigator think could have happened and not the story that we have heard that we've been told. Okay. All right. So Adrian Gilliam. This is who the police tracked the gun back to. It's a guy named Adrian Gilliam. He was a local salesman, car salesman. I haven't said his name, so you're not you're not lost. He's who's the gun tracked got tracked back to. So they brought him in for questioning and they were like, your gun was used in a murder. And so Adrian was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I sold it just a couple days ago to this young, dark haired girl um, named Jenny. And he was he was like, I don't even really know her name. I'm not totally sure how she looks, but I know she's young and she's got dark hair. Um, so the police were like, is this Jenny? <laughs> is Help. this her? Is this her? And he was like, yep, sure is. That's her. And so supposedly she went to his dealership because he bought her. Remember, Stephen bought her the Escalade. Yeah. What she had a Kia before and she had a payment on the Kia and now she had to payment for the Escalade. So she was trying to sell the Kia. And his story is that he, she wanted him to sell his, her Kia. And then he was, she was like, do you know any way I can get a gun? Like, that was the next question. And he was like, oh, yeah, actually, I have one that I don't want anymore. Okay. Just give me $100 for it, right? So his story is, is that he needed money at the time. And he went and met her at her job at Dave & Buster's. She came out. She gave him five twenty dollar bills, twenty, forty, sixty, eighty, one, yeah. Five twenty dollar bills. And a BJ. <laughs> and she stuck it in his, her apron 
and went back and Dave and Buster started working with this gun in her pocket. She had the gun. Okay. The gun probably weighed more than her. (laughs) Okay. Um, so police were like, all right, bet. Okay. Bye. Like all they needed is to put the gun. Yeah. Find out how she got the gun. So they were like, oh, this just seals my case even more, which I don't see how. Well, then Vincent was like, nope, I don't like the story. Does it make sense? <clears throat> How do we know it's true? Is there any camera footage? There's not. So Vincent actually did some more digging into Adrian, and he found out that Adrian and Jenny actually knew each other, and they had exchanged thousands of text messages back and forth within the last couple of months. Okay. So they've known each other for a long time. So... Off top, he's lying in the investigation. Oh, because he, he said, said he didn't know her name. He didn't even and... know her name. He wasn't sure what she looked like. He wasn't sure why she needed a gun. He didn't know her. So um, they brought him in again, and he admitted a little bit more. He's caught, and he was like, well, you know, I just didn't want my wife to find out. Yeah, we talked. wasn't romantic. It might have went, was going to go that way, but it didn't have a chance. They also discovered that Adrian had a criminal history and he did a lot of time in prison. So he's basically like Cleotha mm-hmm. and he went to prison for aggravated robbery with a deadly weapon. Deadly weapon. Um, and there was no camera footage to prove that he was actually in the parking lot at Dave and Buster's and that she met him in that parking lot. So... Even though all this and that he lied, he was never really considered a suspect. I mean, there's no evidence. Back to Jenny. Yeah. So that's where I'm like, well, it's not him. Still Jenny. Well, then the question of Robert Gaddy came along. He was the, the one second that guy that called. Yeah. Well, he was the person. He was a good friend of Steve since um, college. And he was kind of like the acting bodyguard. So he would be the muscle. Mm-hmm. Him and Steve went everywhere together. He was just part of the entourage. They were like thick as thieves. Gaddy also opened up the restaurant, Gridiron 9, was helping Steve with that part. They were going into business together, I guess. Okay. But Steve was funding everything. And so Steve trusted him, and so that's why he was, like, letting him be his partner, right? But it was questioned if they were so close, like everybody had thought they were, how come Robert wasn't one that spoke at the funeral, and how come he wasn't even a pallbearer at the funeral? And then how come after the funeral, Steve McNair's brother confronted Gaddy and asked him if he had something to do with Stephen's murder? Gaddy responded with, no, I didn't, but I think I know who did. Okay. And then he left. But Gaddy never came forward with any of his suspicions. Hey, Gadfly. And so he he was like a big lineman. Like he was like 6'5". He was like 300-something pounds, and he was like muscled up. They said that now if you look at him, he's like scrawny. So they wondered, like, has the stress, does he know something and the stress of him knowing it Mm, has messed with him? (laughs) Or it's cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) It's always the simplest uh, reason, right? 
Yeah, I guess so. So they also found out that Gaddy and Steve had a big falling out right before the murders. Turns out that Gaddy came to Steve with a deal, another investment. He wanted to open up another restaurant, mm-hmm. but he wanted Steve to front the money on it. Um, well, Steve was like, nope, I want to focus on this one. Let's see how this goes. So he refused it. And then later on, Gaddy tricked him into signing a check for $13,000. And it came out that he had stole that $13,000 from him. He told Steve it was for equipment for the apartment, but he really like stole it, cashed it and used it for whatever. Um, he was furious. Steve was furious, like furious enough to where he threatened to shoot Gab Gaddy in his knees to bring him down on his level so he can whoop his ass. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was so big, I guess. Oh, my. When police asked Gaddy about this, you know, um, situation, confrontation. Yeah. Just hit your mic. And their relationship, he was like, shunned it off and was like, it's not a big deal. We have our issues. We always get back. Which, cool I again. mean, that's Yeah, that's fair. friendship. Yeah. And so, um, and then it came out that Robert Gaddy and Adrian Gillian did a lot of communicating before the murders. And so this Vincent Cook guy was like, could they have done something to um, plan this and rob him? But... There's just not enough evidence to say mm, yeah. Gaddy or Gillian could have been involved. So then you move on. There's another guy, and his name is Keith, and this was Jenny's boyfriend. That he, well, high school boyfriend. They dated in high school. They lived in Florida, and they moved to Nashville together. They were going to live this life. Keith was going to become this. White boy rapper, mm-hmm. the next Eminem, and he needed Nashville to help him get there. Okay, <laughs> Nashville. But they ended up breaking up, and but she would always go back, like she'd always go back, mm. and you. So it was kind of back and forth, and they were talking about reconnecting. Um, until he found out that she was actually with Steve McNair, and this didn't he didn't like this very much, so. A song came out that Keith had put out right after the killing. And hear the lyrics because this was a little sus. I don't know how to rap. I'm just going to say them. If you ever do it again, I'm not. Because the lyrics was about a cheating couple. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you ever do it again, I'm not rapping. I'm getting a clip and clapping. I'm not laughing. They are wrapping you up for your little trip to the morgue while I'm preparing my little trip to the shore. Don't ignore me. I'm not lying. I could be more honest. If you ever do it again, you'll die. I promise. Okay, Eminem. (laughs) So they were like, this sounds like he's real pissed at. I mean, they're going off a song. Yeah. So they question him. Man, they're really trying to find a different like this yeah this is vincent vincent like just does not believe okay, that jenny Vincent's did it a little autistic <laughs> does not believe that he did I mean, it come on now and so he's like grasping at any little any thing little comes. thing so 
when they questioned him, Keith was like, they're lyrics. Right. It's song. I mean, I'm, I'm on Keith's side here. Yeah. And plus, Keith had an alibi. He worked at some random, I think, a restaurant job. His time clock Chris had him Crab clocked was he a it wasn't knight even that at nice. medieval nights or <laughs> medieval, medieval times? times. Yeah, he yeah. was a knight. I knew it. <laughs> it was, I don't even think it was that nice, but he was clocked in and his coworker vouched for him. So crossed off the list. Then more rumors came oh out my about Steve McNair's death. I told you GS, that Jenny had GSR on her left hand. Mm-hmm. But her gunshot was on her right temple. So, like, how can you, can you really do that? Yeah. I mean, not comfortably. Not comfortably. And females typically don't shoot themselves. Exactly. I they, mean. They count for, like, I think it was, like, 4% of the female Yeah, like, females suicides. do, what, poison or, like, drug, yeah, I would think. Drug. Just, yeah, drug drug yourself. Something clean and easy. It doesn't leave a mess. Yeah. Um, and. I, just, I mean, obviously you can hold the gun. Oh, if the residue is on this. I residue don't know. on the left. Gunshot on her right temple. And then the gunshot was on. I don't remember what temple it was. I mean, this, it doesn't. Yeah, it, that's confusing. It's not impossible. It's just not natural. Yeah, it's like with Ellen Greenberg with the stabs in her back and the little tiny stabs. It's like, yeah. you're, you're going to stab yourself over and over and over and yeah, over in the back. And that's how you're going to choose And then yourself? you're going to stab yourself in a giant stab in your chest? Yeah. Not logical. Doesn't make sense. No. And that's so painful. So the family had been asking for... Crime scene pics of, because they don't believe it was Jenny. They want to know more about the crime scene. Fair. And Vincent has been um, wanting to know more. Well, then it came out that Steve wasn't only shot three times, that actually his penis had been cut off and stuffed into his mouth. What? Wait. There's a one penis is cut off and, and put in his mouth? Stuffed in his mouth. And Benson Cook, who was the investigator, validated this and said he read it in the report. Why are we just not hearing about this? But later on, because they hid it. They hid it from the crime scene. Nobody, they hid it from everything. I don't know. Because that made me think, oh, maybe it is a woman. Maybe she walked in on him and he was doing gay stuff. (laughs) So where's the other guy? I don't know. I'm thinking about it as I talk <laughs> with Gadfly or whatever his name is. Gaddy. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, oh, no. Homegirl walks in. He shoots her. Oh. And then McNair is like, I can't believe you did that. And he's like, and then he shoots McNair. And then he's like, uh, but I don't know how the penis got cut off. Unless he was trying to, like, why did he cut it off and put his mouth? There had to have been something gay going on. I mean, that's what I think. Okay. Is there a verdict? Am I right? No. I mean, oh. I, did, I didn't go there, and I usually go real I know. Too. I try to go as far, <laughs> far out left. In left field. <laughs> so, one guy said, who supposedly saw the paperwork, said that this was validated. But when um, they talked to the coroner, 
that the coroner says his penis was intact. So we really don't know. We don't know if this is like, if it's hearsay, <clears throat> they don't know if it's rumor, like they don't know. To me, when I heard that, I was like, oh, it's got to be a woman. It's going to be a woman that's real pissed out of him, at him. What? Like Lorena Bobbitt. What woman in, here? in his life is probably the most pissed out at him? I would think Jenny. His wife. Michelle doesn't care. She's over it. She's not even involved. She's like, no. I've been talking. I've been talking to her. <laughs> That's she's, where my mind went. No, Michelle's. She's already got herself a man. She's just like getting his paycheck. Okay, let's go. Let's go because that's where we're going next. I just think he was. They were doing gay stuff, and somebody got mad, and she walked in, <laughs> and shots were fired, and then penis in the mouth. They just shredded your application to the FBI. Shredded. <laughs> so it also came out that the bullet wounds resembled what a professional hit would look like. Because it was like here, here, and the finisher here. So chest, chest, finisher here. Perfect. Clean. They were done over like three feet distance where the police said that she was sitting on his her, his lap. When he she shot him, so if the trajectory was from over three feet, then their story doesn't make sense. There's even a name for this professional hit style, and I can't remember the name. I'm going to call it the Liam Neeson. Why don't so you call it the Missy Beaver? Because I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's what happened there. The Liam Neeson. And so then they were like, Whatchamacallit, Jenny would not know how to do a Liam Neeson. She didn't even know how to shoot a gun. So could this be a hit, a professional hit? And then that leads me to the last suspect, who I think should have been the first suspect, because it is in any other case like this. And that's the spouse. The spouse. Okay. The most important suspect, I think. Yeah. So... Steve's wife, now widow, <sighs> Michelle. Michelle. It came out that Steve had just changed his wheel. Okay? <clears throat> and Michelle got a glimpse of this wheel. He drafted a couple, he drafted it a couple times, a couple times. Remember, he had been asking for a divorce, changed his wheel. Oh, yeah. She never gave him a divorce. She never gave him a divorce. And she, he died before he ever, like, officially, like, signed a will. Yeah, and before had it, it was, like, officially Official. submitted or whatever. And people still have not seen this will because Michelle was seen on his computer. But he said that his will had everyone taken care of, that in the event something happened, Everybody would be taken care of, like his mom, Steve and Steve and kids, Tyler and Taylor and Trent, Tyler and Trent and and Michelle, <clears throat> but also his mom. Mm -hmm. um, but nobody really saw it, but his wife. And it also turns out that she wouldn't get him a divorce because she signed a prenup, and that oh, prenup see, she wanted that money said that if they got a divorce, she would get one lump sum. Of $300,000, the house, and child support payments. So I would be like, Versus bet. what was she getting then before that? That seems like a lot, but not when he's worth, at this time, $30 million. 
So she's like 300,000, 30 million. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, that doesn't seem like it's a, a correct amount. Well, and they did this in night, like, before. Yeah, you need to redo that based on how much the person's she worth been like, is let's making. Let's edit this. Yeah. Which child support would go by what he's worth and what he's making. Uh, yeah. So I would still think you would make the difference up in child support. I don't know. Um, it wouldn't be $26 million, but that money's not going to last anyways. Mm-mm. So Vincent thought she should have been questioned about Steve's death, but the police never questioned her. She um, is actually the one who had the most to gain from his death because in his death and without a will, everything goes to wife and kids, his whole estate. And so that's what happened. Ruh-roh. So people I mean, are like putting things together. They're like, okay. I'm not mad at Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> They're she- like, okay, the marriage is rocky. Um, He constantly cheated. He had a stabbing cabin. He would even pick fights with her just so he can leave and go to his stabbing cabin. And she didn't want it. He, she wanted a divorce, but she wouldn't give it to him. Is this a motive enough to kill? He was, if that's not enough, let me tell you this. Okay. So Stephen was spending a lot of money on his side pieces. Mm-hmm. He was paying rent for one he was going out and buying them things, taking them on vacation, and supposedly they did a big business deal and recently lost millions. So that thirty million was slowly like going down. Of course. Um and Michelle told a good friend named Doc Simpson, who was like um, Steve's pr- uh, mentor that their CPA told them that they needed to make some changes soon or their money wouldn't last much longer. Okay. So Doc Simpson, who has been with Steve this whole time, was like, you know, Steve wasn't real extravagant. And when he did buy, he paid cash. So like mom's house paid cash. His house paid cash. Cars paid cash. So he had no debt. And he had millions, so where would his... And then what he did buy wouldn't even put a dent in the money that he's had, like all the contracts that he would sign. So where was that money? So that raised a red flag to Doc. So Doc talked to Steve before Steve died and said, you should have your money audited. Because if this is true, somebody could be stealing from you. There's no way you should have this many million dollars when you've only bought this. Like, it just doesn't add up. So, um, Steve was like, maybe I need to. And then he did. And the last thing that they know is that he was pissed because he found out that somebody was stealing from him. Oh, no. He just did not know who. It was Gadfly. Was it Gadfly? Was Gadfly and Michelle having an affair? I thought about that too. Ah! I love how you changed his name with me to Gadfly. Because <laughs> I keep forgetting it. <laughs> so the last thing with Michelle is let's talk about 4th of July. I just this have to look and murder. see what she looks like. Don't be mad. Okay. She's talking about the murder. and Or the, the day of the murders, which was 4th of July. Okay. For the past 10 years... 
Stephen and his family would spend the week of 4th of July at the ranch in Mississippi. They were never in Nashville. It's just what he did. That was their tradition. They'd have a big party. Well, they were there, um, like, earlier that week. But for some reason, Michelle demanded they go back to Nashville. Steve didn't want to go. The boys didn't want to go. But she demanded. And so he finally was like, okay, fine. Let's go. We're going to go. So that's why he was not in Mississippi on 4th of July. So people around who knew, found this out were like, why does she want Steve back in Nashville so bad? And she knew because he was pissed at her because he didn't want to leave. So when they got home to their house, where did he go? To his condo. Oh, so no. it's So then they're like, is, did she have this planned? Did she know that something was going to happen? Did she making sure he was at the right place at the right time? So now it's time to divide up the estate. And since there's no will and he died and they didn't get a divorce, it goes to Michelle and his four sons, not Mama Lucille. And that is the most important person in Steve's life. So this means Michelle gets to make Lucille sell that 600-acre ranch and divide that money by five. The oh, kids no. put in a trust. Yes, yeah, so mom, so they go back and forth because Mama Lucille was like, this is my house. My sons bought it for me so that I could live here forever. Michelle was like, sorry, you got to go because they'd all have to agree to keep the keep up the ranch, which was expensive. Just imagine how much it cost. Okay, to, yeah. So it's not so like it's she's logical. just like, oh, but bye. Yeah. You're kicking out of your house. She's like l- legit, like, this is we not affordable. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of Get people over made it. her <laughs> like, the... You lived your best life, but now you got to go back to your trailer. Yeah. Or whatever. Or wherever. Which I think she's still... Like, Steve gave her good money, so I think she was still... She it still ended up getting a house. But she had to get off her ranch. People made Michelle look like the bad person for this. Um, and the f- fact that Lucille had to leave... And the fact that Michelle did not communicate with other Steves. So she, like, made sure that they got (laughs) their part, like, in a trust because they were younger. But after their dad died, her husband, she just, like, Those weren't her kids. No. Those Those were her stepkids from 97 to 2009. Yeah. They lived with them for a period of time. Yeah, that's they were married for however many years that is. What is that, 12 years? So they were your kids for 12 years. How old were they when they were the kids, though? Were they just, know. like, younger? Yeah. I mean, I They get... were older than her kids. And so their feelings ended up being hurt because they were just like, what did we do? We So let me go. Yeah. So this all happened. Lucille, Steve's mom, is thinking... I don't think Jenny did it either. And she wanted the case reopened. So she hires Vincent and they go through all this stuff. And at this time, there's a podcast being done. It's called The Fall of a Titan. And it's just a long series. I listened to it. It's a long series podcast. 
um, done by a journalist. And she had been working with Vincent for years trying to get the truth, trying to get crime scene photos, trying to get the police to hear them out, um, trying to get them to at least believe that it could be another scenario. And then Fall of the Titan came out. Michelle kicked her out, and then she didn't want to be a part of the podcast. She declined to be a part of it. Well, they later said that Michelle told her that if she wanted to have a relationship with her grandsons, she would leave it alone. Like, let... Michelle told who? Grandma. Oh, Lucille. Okay. okay. And so Lucille was like, I want to see my grandsons, and I don't want to cause mm-hmm. no trouble So I don't want to be a part of it, and I'm sorry, which I would want to be with my grandsons too, right? It's the only thing I have left of my son. So that's kind of where it is. Like, no, the Vincent Cook brought a bunch of theories to the grand jury, to the investigators, to all this evidence and all these things that really gave me a reasonable doubt when before I went through all this, I just thought Jenny Kazemi. Jenny from the block. Jenny Kazemi. And now I'm like, could there be an alternative story? Um, September 15th of 2019, Stephen McNair's Tennessee Titan jersey was retired. Along with his good friend and former teammate, Eddie George who I got to meet when I was in Tennessee, mm. and Michelle and her kids, Trenton and Tyler, attended the ceremony on the field wearing his jerseys. But where were Steve Jr. and Steve Jr.? Steve Jr. Jr. Oh, my gosh. I, did I remember hearing about this story? She didn't tell them about it. She, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then she came back and said that she did and they didn't respond or that something day, that day she told him like that day and they were like 400 miles away so they yes. were like well Why, great, where I did i this must have been a big this was recent this is in 2019 or 2020 i feel like i remember hearing yes yeah i didn't i never heard it till just now when i was looking at it yeah so um they were heartbroken mm-hmm. and kind of angry Mm-hmm. Because they said Michelle did not let them know, so they weren't included. What if she really hates them? I don't I don't know. And then they said that they have been shunned from their younger brothers, so they don't they're not allowed to have a relationship with their younger brothers. And they've just been kind of shunned from their father's legacy. Cause it kind of when anything happened or where the former players Came, Everything was going. It with would go the, to them, Trent, yeah. Tyler, and Michelle, Michelle, and Steve Jr. Steve Jr. Jr. Didn't get nothing. Steve Jr. 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 <laughs> well, you know, it's probably because they're damn named Steve and Steve, <laughs> two Steves. They're the they're the first ones. Well, don't name your kids Steve and Steve. Mm, well, um. There's that. I don't know. Maybe she has reached out. I don't see how anybody could be that ugly, but I don't know. I will say that I had to look up, like, to see if Michelle has ever, like, responded to any of this or ever, like, spoke out or because she's been real quiet. Like, did she ever try to defend herself? And there was one article that was done on ESPN 
called A Family Left Behind. And she said that she didn't, she did not say this, but I think she was saying this through the article is that Steve chose to leave Mississippi on that 4th of July week on his own, that they were having a great week. He took the boys fishing. They cleaned the fish. They cooked the fish. He washed his truck. He took a nap on the couch and then his phone rang and he told her that the alarm was going off at the restaurant in Tennessee and he had need to go take care of it. She thinks she now knows that it was probably Kazemi or somebody else. I mean, these players just come up with the with the that quick, that quick, and not players, anybody. Yeah, not not players, <laughs> but like oh, these players. con artists. Oh, you're talking about like players, like Playa. not players. Yeah, okay, not players, like con artists, gotcha. players, like dirty chads. Mm-hmm. Just like you can. That's a that's liar will be a liar. Bad. When you can, at the drop of a hat, come up with the quickest a lie. lie. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> and who are you to question? Because what are you supposed to do? Yeah. So she said he needed to go take care of it. She said that she knows now it's probably Jenny. And that he went to go kiss the boys goodbye. And Tyler and Trent said, please don't go. Don't go. And he told them that he loved them and that he kissed her and told her that he loves her, too, and said, I'll be back in a little while, and just never came back. So maybe that was her way of responding to... I don't think she did anything. I, I think that was her way of responding to, um, no, I didn't make his ass go back to mm-hmm. Tennessee to get shot up. Um, she says she... I mean, she had to know, know what he was... Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, or, if she's playing dumb. Least, she's playing dumb, and she's trying to act like she didn't really know. About I mean, maybe Jenny. she was like me and just kind of was like, "Okay, well." But if you're, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, when I found when I found out that Dirty Chad was uh, staying nights in hotels, and I saw the the transactions on my debit card. For the damn <laughs> freaking Holiday Inn Express. Uh-huh. And he said he had to go there for, because he was having withdrawals and he didn't want me to see him having withdrawals. Uh. Little tidbits come out every episode. <laughs> it sparks a memory. And so you were like, oh, okay. Or I was what? just like, are you serious? Like, what? Do I do I need to come there? Like what am I? And he's like, no, I just don't want you to see. It's 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 a horrible thing to see. And I was like, when really he was probably having a cocaine party. And because he was saying he had withdrawals from his sleeping from his um, blood pressure medicine, so I still didn't know it was drugs. <laughs> I was like, what? She always says, stay aware. <laughs> Y'all don't even listen to anything I say. <laughs> don't even listen to me. Uh... <laughs> she also said that she <laughs> did not choose to move her mom in, that when her mom's husband died, Steve called up her mom and said, move here. You should not be alone. So people made it seem like she messed her marriage was already on the rocks and she moved her mom in. That was the biggest mistake. She said that it was Steve's idea. That's the type of person he was. Oh, okay. Right now, she is never remarried. 
She dates here and there. She went and got her nursing license. She's working. She loves taking care of people. And she says she wants to become a foster parent. That where I was like, oh, she went too far. (laughs) Who wants to do that? I know a lot of people. (laughs) So all four kids, they go to college in different areas. None of them played college football. One son was really, really good at football, Was had potential to be a great quarterback, but he ended up saying, there's no point. I can never be as good as my dad. Who and he cares? Just his, go play and make some money, bro. He just wanted his oh, dad yeah. to be the legacy. Oh, no. That's the whole point of being having an athletic, professional football player dad one of them was a basketball player and one of them danced in college and i don't know what the other two did okay i'm gonna need somebody to have been an athlete out of this because then uh, if not then my aspirations and my goals and dreams are (laughs) shot well and And i only have a few more years before they're gonna come out you know dyslexic and (laughs) autistic and everything else because i'm getting real old well i don't know she did say that they watched him hurting six days a week but would like play his butt off on Sundays That's and would be because his football. body yeah his body be so hurting so she also thinks that that kind of deterred them because they really they played basketball they played they danced and it happens with a yeah. lot of athletes kids because oh. they see the other side of it that we don't see. We just see the fame and the fortune. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's really all I see anyways. <laughs> it's, maybe that's all that matters. I mean, and some injuries here and there. Oh, my gosh, great story. I didn't know it. I mean, I kind of, like, I knew it, but I didn't really know it. Do you have a reasonable doubt? Um, No. What if I told you Jenny's parents were not killed by murder-suicide? I I don't even, I, I that wouldn't make a difference. It wouldn't make a difference. No. What if I told you Jenny was laughing at her when she was being arrested and like talking to the cop and it was on video and she's flirting. And she, it wasn't like a rock bottom. I would have probably done the same. I would have, I would, I don't, yeah. No. What if I told you. But the guy know. who sold her the gun, like what's up with that? What if it didn't happen? What do you mean? She had, somebody had, a, where else did the gun come from? Why did they not trace it? I think it was him and Gaddy. Who's him? The gun guy, Gillian, oh, and, and Gaddy. And I think that's why it's missing. I think. Oh, the yeah. gun is missing. No, that's why the money is missing, the jewelry's oh, oh, missing, oh. and the safe is missing because. I feel like that has nothing to do with it. They were robbing him because they thought he was in Mississippi. Oh. And he ended up being there, ended up being a fight, and they she had was to given set it BJ. Up. There's got to be a BJ somewhere in this. There's story. a blowjob. That's I what made swear. me think it could have been the wife. If that's true, it's the wife or one of the girls. Yeah, but she was not even close to being in that area. And how do we so, know? They never checked her alibi. They never even questioned her. Well, this case is botched. It is. I'm done. They stay never aware. Even stay alive. BGTF. <laughs> I could get obsessed and I'll think about it all night and I'll think of every scenarios until the next story comes. I know. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Y'all guys, you tell me what you think. Is it Jenny? Is it somebody else? I don't know. Steve McNair was a great football player. That's all I know. He was one of my faves. 
That is it. If you're not registered for the live show, go. Right now, do it. Be jealous of our drinks that we are drinking out of. And Come. we are done. Yay. Done, good done, job. done. Do you know what you're doing next week? Nope. Okay, me either. You know what you're doing for the live show yet? Nope. Me, kind of, <laughs> maybe. But I have definitely been researching, and I it, there's just, I want to find something that sticks out, and that's like, yeah, you know. It has to inspire you. That's why I, I say know. I said, I'm I know. trying to be inspired. Can yeah. you send me some yes. stories so yes. I'll be inspired? Yes. All right, y'all. We will see y'all next Tuesday. Turn up Tuesday. Did you just say see you next Tuesday? Well, you called to us you. a cunt. You call me cunt. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> That's C-U-N-T. never heard of that. <laughs> Oh, are you not? <laughs> no. Are oh we in God. eighth grade? No. Y'all, don't forget to stay aware, stay alive, and always be DTF down to find the murder. Like Vincent Cook was, he was just unsuccessful, <laughs> and we still don't know who the murderer was. Stay sipping. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.